I saw something that would have driven you crazy. What? Um, on TikTok? No. In real life, this happened IRL. What What was it? Um, I was at the climbing gym. Uh-huh. And there was, you know the foam rollers? Yeah, I know the foam rollers. Well, I was working out and this guy comes out of the sauna. He's so wet and sweaty. Uh-huh. Like, you could see, like, the wet stains all over his shorts. Okay. <laughs> and he just started... It was so gross. He was just like dripping everywhere. And then he grabbed a foam roller. He's shirtless. And he just started rolling out his back on the foam roller and being like really loud about it. Uh. And he was telling his friend he should do it. And his friend's like, oh, what? why? What's it all about? His and friend then, wasn't telling him that he was breaking? No, no one was. Dude, I was literally going to like tell the front desk. I was like, this is so gnarly. And then someone from the front desk walked by and they like made a joke with him and stuff. And I was like, but then he got his friend on it. And his friend was like, oh, my shirt's catching on it. And so he took his shirt off and they're both just. Oh man, that would, yeah. I don't use foam rollers, so. I do. I thought I was the only one there who used them. Yeah, no. I think I'll foam roll at home from now on. Yeah, you better. Wow. Apple shares are just getting hammered this morning. Every day they're Welcome to episode eight of the Trillion Your Mindset. Check the disclaimer in the description before we get started. Oh boy, that foam roller talk really got me um, angry. Yeah, I know. I knew it would piss you off. I there was a guy at the gym the other day. We go to the same gym. There was a guy there the other day who was so sweaty. He was just like dripping and going and climbing and then coming and doing pull-ups and going and climbing. And I almost wanted to be like, bud, just just dab off. Right. Like, you can do that. You don't have to sweat everywhere. That's kind of one of the problems with the climbing gym. There's some kind of gnarly. Yeah, there's some crazy guys who love to take off their shirt and sweat yeah. everywhere. At the one downtown, though, they put up a sign, no more. Shirtless climbing? Yes. Good. It makes me feel bad about my body. It's just, yeah. Speaking of speaking, speaking of bodies, <laughs> uh, man, are, aren't we glad that William's not here anymore? Oh, I honestly, I feel so relaxed. But I, ha- yeah. I've been like nervous that he was. I was out to dinner this week. I've been like, I'm like, he's gonna pop up somewhere. Yeah, and just ruin. He seems like the type to just pop right. up somewhere, especially now that he knows. Who I don't we know are. where he. Everyone keeps asking where he came from. All all I know is he went to Stanford. Yeah, Business he School, came from Stanford. And he just Did popped, you not watch. He just appeared. He's like Beetlejuice. Yeah, we said Stanford Business School too many times. Yeah, don't say it again. If you um, say it literally right. one more time, he will <laughs> pop up. Uh, he's not going to be here today. Um, we had some people wanted to get your story. Still, I don't oh, know yeah, why. We're, we're going to get to it. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. Yeah, um, if we have time, I I don't know if we have time yet. Because um, we're already running out of time, right? But uh, we got this new set. Look at this. We got shared. We didn't even get to talk about it. I know. Last time. Last time we had him. Last time. I have I'm so relaxed. Check this out, man. There's a <laughs> recline. <laughs> There's a recline feature somewhere. Oh, you pull it out. I don't know how to do it. I don't either. Mine it recline. it reclines. But it is more comfortable. It's so much more comfortable. And you can do this. We have these cool arms. I'll try to touch my mic less, but I can't promise anything because now I got this cool action. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, that's I can go like this. I can put my feet up on the desk right now. Oh, man. Yeah, isn't this enjoyable? Look at this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel so good after all those profits I made flipping Rivian. When when we're in Rivian, 
IPO'd and I traded it all the way up to $180. Did you get out before it? No, went? I didn't even trade it because uh, I'm oh. not going to participate in that mayhem. That's chaos. Oh. I will say this. There's someone, someone I forgot who. It might have been Chamath Palihapitiya, the, the billionaire <laughs> guy who I don't like. But he made a good point. He said that a lot of people hate on Rivian because of because of how it's being traded. And he's like, that's wrong. You don't hate the company because of what the market is doing to the stock. It's not the company's fault, which is certainly a good point. Like it's not it's not Rivian's fault that they, it doesn't it doesn't say anything about them or their business yeah, plan or I business guess. model. It because it depends, though. I like I also read. I think it was on Market Watch somewhere. They were basically calling all these like. CEOs like carnival barkers just like trying to pump their company. A lot of these companies have never even Was Rivian CEO doing that? No. GM's was. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's that's the thing is the the thing about the stock market game is you've constantly got to beat and raise expectations. You're you're constantly trying to outperform the previous Yeah, year. I don't know if I'd feel super comfortable being in Rivian's position right now of Yeah. trying to live Oh, up the, you've got You've you've got a at at their height they were sporting a hundred and forty billion dollar market right. cap valuation on a million dollars in revenue right a million one single million insane yeah it's uh and everyone is uh everyone's gonna be coming for him we were just talking about Polestar yeah Polestar I yeah that Polestar so Polestar is an interesting one because they actually have like a business next to like Tesla. On the ranking of them, you know, it's you got like Tesla and GM and Volkswagen. Everybody's making an electric car, but one that's kind of been under the radar is yeah, Polestar, which is an offshoot of Volvo. Yeah, do you like I them because they're a little Volvo sub-brand? Do I like them because they're Volvos? Yeah, I'm. I only like old Volvos because then when they got sold to like some. Yeah, but you know what the problem with old Volvos is? They break down and they leak all your oil out. They leak all my oil out because that's Polestar. what happened to me. Maybe. No, but Polestar is interesting because they- uh, It's a SPAC right now. Yeah. GGPI? Yeah. GGPI is the current symbol. I flipped some. Good guys put in. Good guy. No, it's like Guggen. It's yeah, Gore's Guggenheim. Guggenheim something company. But they're trading for like 13 and change. But I bought actually, some this week. With the Polestar 2, the Polestar 1, I don't even really- It's like $150,000. Are you serious? Yeah, I think it's like a collector's item at this point. That's like, insane. There's only like 15,000 of them or something. But the Polestar 2 is going to be, uh, you know, a Model 3 competitor. It's, uh, I think without rebates and like tax refunds and stuff, it's like close to 60K, but it's, uh, with all that, it's in the 40s. Do all electric cars still get rebates? Yeah, I think so. That's one think thing that's new... that's one of the many things that's oh yeah, Polestar too. The way electric cars should be starting at thirty eight. But they're actually like doing okay in like you know. I don't like, like that 15 rear. Fifteen different markets. I think they've beat. Um, it kind of looks Volvo-ish. Yeah, it does. Uh, I think it beat the the te- uh, the Model Three in a couple different markets. Like oh wow, in terms of like not performance, like it sold but, yeah, oh, it okay, just sold yeah. it more. Um, hmm. One thing I like about Volvo, the old cars, and someone said it somewhere at some point, it, it was a car company run by engineers, but then it shifted to being run by accountants. Boo. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't trust a newer... I drove a newer Volvo, an S90. I rented it, and I hated it. It was terrible. Why? Because it just felt like there's just too many computer things. Give I me the cassette problem, deck. Yeah, I think your problem is just that you haven't driven a car that is... 
above like, 1990 yeah. in so long. Yeah. My car's so in like, 1989. Oh, it's weird. It's got screens in here. Yeah. People hit their head on my surf rack all the time. Oh, yeah. Cut off a piece of scalp. That's mine. That's what I take. Yeah. Got to give a little tease uh, for the next, um, uh, maybe not this next episode, but the one after. Man, I think we're shooting for next the next episode. We're going to do a credit card. A lot oh, yeah, of, a lot of people. The credit cards. The I'm the points. credit card guy. I'm like big into, I've collected hundreds of thousands, probably well over a million or two million points yeah. across multiple cards. And there's a lot of things that a lot of friends have asked over the years that, it's heartbreaking where they're like, doesn't that hurt your credit score? And there's just a lot of rookie questions that I would love to just get out in one definitive place. So we're going to be doing that. And gonna there's going to be some special stuff. Yeah. We'll pull all of Ben's credit card knowledge just in time for the holidays. Yeah. There's drama. There's controversy. There's nudity. There's... Um, nudity? Yeah, there's nudity. Okay. There's nudity involved in this episode. I'm not kidding. Um, so we're we're going <laughs> to... I'm just teasing that out, I guess. <laughs> ah, what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> come back. Come gonna, back. Yeah, we'll come back to it. <sighs> it's exciting this week. You know why? Yeah. Or the last couple weeks. Yeah, I know why. Why? What? <laughs> no, what did you say? <laughs> 13F filings are out. They're yeah, due. 13F. The 13F filing for those for the uninitiated is uh, a required form for institutional investors with assets over $100 million. And they're required to be filed with the SEC 45 days after every, within 45 days after every quarter. And what is a quarter? You know, the year is divided into four quarters. January, February, March, April, May, June, um, July, August, September. My man's out here explaining years. (laughs) You guys, you guys ever heard of months? Y'all ever heard of months? <laughs> Some people might not know. You never know. You get the random person who's like, okay, you started talking about quarters, but I don't know what quarters are. I'm th- I think we could leave the quarters people behind. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We should, we yeah. should leave them behind. The Discord is going fucking crazy. We don't have a Discord. No, we do. One guy says, what's the F stand for? Fuck. The, I don't know what the F stands for. I don't think it stands for anything. It doesn't. Or why the 13. It's, co- it's, just, it's, just, it's just code, SE code. It's, Yeah. They've got all sorts of different There's 13 A's, B's, G's. But uh, what's exciting is you get to see what a lot of these hedge fund people and and, uh, hedge funds and just big, what the big boys, what the big cats are doing. So the the recent ones that came out are for the quarter ending September 30th of this year. And we wanted to go through a bunch of them. The first is- Do you is, find these helpful as a trader? Because you're, you're getting them late, right? You're getting them 45 yeah, days Yeah, you're getting them 45 later. days later. So for all you know- moves. Yeah. For all you know, a lot of these people have changed their positions. Right. You really can't tell. But And there are, I think there are services. That's one thing about Kathy Woods, who we mentioned last week, the Tesla Hyper Super the Bowl. Lady. Yeah, the ARC lady. You can sign up for ARC's daily. They send out a daily email blast of all of their positions that they've bought and sold that day. Damn. But it's after they send it after market, like after the extended hours so that you can't trade on it. But nobody really trades on that information. But yeah, it's helpful because you get to kind of see. Right. You can start to track the performance of certain funds and you can copy their moves if you're so inclined. It's not a guarantee of any kind of performance, but... Um, 
I just thought it'd be interesting to look through. The first is the largest. Yeah, we'll find out. The the stocks with the largest percent increase in shares held. Um, let's pull that up. Oh boy! So number one on the list is Lucid, which is the it's another Tesla yep. competitor. Those cars look kind of cool. I would buy a Lucid. Also, I think it was Lucid. They have, uh, or was it Lucid? I think they've got a crazy long battery. Really? I think they, or they claim to have said that their tech has like they could do like a four or five hundred mile. Oh yeah, I I think I yeah. Because like with the Polestar, they were like. They were like, we did it. No more worrying about recharges. And they were like, we boast up to 250 miles. I was like, that's not that much. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting that more and more, it seems like people are closing. The 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 moat that Tesla has, so to speak, that's what, uh, moat is a term that you all know from like medieval times and whatnot. It's not just a, it's not just a swamp with alligators anymore. It's the, it's the thing that differentiates a company from its competitors and gives it space um, and, and Tesla used to be like the, the one and, oh yeah, five, what is it? Uh, the lucid air has 517 miles Dude, of that's EP estimated crazy from test of a prototype. So yeah. that's, you know, so they're just, they haven't actually delivered on that. No, think. not yet. Yeah. But that's wild. Yeah. And as of today, actually, as of this recording, Apple, it's kind of, it's basically official that they're coming out with a car they're making an ugly ass car they're making well we don't know what the car looks like yet but in 2025 they're gonna have their own car and tesla stock took a hit on it a small hit but it makes you wonder like did elon musk know before somebody always knows there was like stuff going on in the options market for apple leading up to it and it's at all-time highs now. It's just... Well, they've been talking about the Apple car for a long time. Yeah, but it's always just been rumors. And now it's actually No, they were like partnered with Kia for a while. Like they've been did, did, making moves on it. But then they terminated that They terminated it. And then they were like, we're doing just uh, automated... What is it called? Self-driving cars. Self-driving, yeah. But they've been talking about it forever. Yeah, well, that rumor now is apparently a reality because I think at one point Tim Cook, the CEO, like dispelled it by saying, we're not, we're just kind of, you know, we file patents all the time for things and just in case, but it makes sense. But anyway, these uh, Lucid is the number one um, uh, stock that had an increase in uh, 13F filers. There's now two, as of J- uh, September 30th, 248 um Qualified institutions with over $100 million in assets hold this thing. They had a 6,443% increase in ownership. And the aggregate market value of that is $28.8 billion. Next one is something called CCC Intelligent Solutions Holdings. It's a finance company. I don't know what the hell that is. Ginkgo Bioworks. I've oh, you got to get in on Ginkgo. You got to get in on Ginkgo, baby. DNA. Oh, I bet they're proud to own and that. Wait, Take what do you symbol. see below that? Pinterest. Pinterest, baby. Pinterest always bounces back. But the, I don't know why that became a meme with you. The Pinterest. I got all back. my shit tied up in Pinterest. I don't understand how Pinterest even works. I just know that when I Google something and do image searches, sometimes it shows me Pinterest. And uh, that's because you're not a 31 year old woman who works in PR. Who's planning a wedding? <laughs> Touche. But it's a pretty lucrative market we're cornering. It sounds like it. The aggregate market value of those shares is $21.1 billion. 710 uh, 
people, groups, whatever funds hold that thing. The next one is uh, the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. I love this symbol, V-O-O, VU. VU. And the next one is the SPY. Everybody owns the SPY. 2,588 funds own the SPY. Shocking. Palantir is the next one, which is such a weird one. A bunch of Reddit dorks like that thing, and I just think it's a piece of crap. I personally don't like it. Why? Because it's got such a, when it's just, everybody's like hyping it. Oh, it's going to be the next GameStop, and it's blah, blah, blah. But it's got like a, I don't know, it's such a bloated valuation relative to what their growth trajectory is. And I don't know. I screw Peter Thiel. And isn't it like a weird one? Isn't it? Don't isn't the you... name of the game bloated valuations right now, though? It sure is. I just I actually saw on it was um, well was it, was it last week you were saying like I don't see how this is ever coming down? And I yeah. was joking about like I'm sure there's a lot of people who said that. I was on some Reddit post. Um, someone had said like basically what you said like how is this ever going to come down? Like it just keeps going up and up. And then some guy was like. I don't know how old you are, but I'm 63, and you probably weren't investing. And he listed all these years, like 1973, 19, da, 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 19, and he was like, "You know what happened in all those years? A correction." And he's just like, "I don't know when it's coming. If I did, I'd have a lot more money, but it always comes." Those guys say that, but the thing is, the market is so—it's worlds apart from the 70s, the 80s, the dot-com boom. And part of it is the derivatives market, the options market. And we'll get, there's a thing I want to share with you later, but it's all, a lot of it is driven by options now. We'll like see, back ben. then it was barely a blip out there, but now it's like bigger than the market itself. It's all, it's all option stuff and it just becomes this feedback loop. It's annoying. It pisses me off. We'll see. Then rounding out the list is something, I don't know, Kimco Realty Group. The chart actually looked pretty good on that one. I liked it. KIM. Uh, then an oil... Uh, energy thing and then another real estate uh, I think it's a REIT a real estate uh, no it's not it's a real estate management and development company called Vici Properties hope it's not a Vici that guy's dead Jesus <laughs> I think it's his family they put all of, the, all of his royalties into real estate a bunch of friends made fun of me in my Twitter chat because the day he died I just wrote damn a Vici died and then one guy repeated it, and then everybody just said, damn, Avicii died. Then someone renamed the chat to, damn, Avicii died. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anything about him. I just knew that he, like... Remember when Tiesto, that, that viral... Did he that, die? No. Oh. That, um, I mean, maybe by the time this comes out. Wait, was it that, the George Floyd thing? Yeah. Oh, where he's like, he's like okay, we're going... On a rooftop. He's like, this one goes out to George Floyd's family, and then... <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, what? it was so tone deaf. It's like the height of COVID, so nobody's there, and he's on the yeah. rooftop. Okay, this one goes out to George Floyd family. We care about you so much. And it's not like he's playing like Candle on the Wind. It's just like, doof, 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 doof. <laughs> this one's for George Floyd. <laughs> I was totally just channeling my favorite uh, Noel bit ever, which is him doing the impression of the Dutch flight attendant when he was like flying to Amsterdam. I love it so much. It's in the. It's part of the intro credits to the TMG show. Mm. Fasten your seatbelt and get ready for the bass. This is a new segment we call Noel's Fan Club. <laughs> I love you, Noel. Uh, okay, then the next one we had the top ten holdings by value. There's, I wanted to go over this real quick because it's just, it's exactly what you would expect. You got Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, Visa, J.P. Morgan, Nvidia, and Tesla. Shocking. 
But look how much at Microsoft they hold. All these 3,800 funds own Microsoft at an aggregate market value of $1.44 trillion. Damn. They own like all of it, which is at once like cool if, you, if you're if you in this, it. Uh, alphabet, what? class A and class C. Uh, I mean, all I know is that it used to just be Google and then they changed to alphabet as like a holding company as a way to like segregate their businesses because yeah. they're they're regressive they're not progressive at all and so now they've got two different they've got i think three different class because uh, t- uh, there's class a and class c which i mean i would think that there's a class b i should really be more knowledgeable about this but yeah you got the different classes because each one does a different thing, That's but my, they're roughly the put same. You on the, I put you on the spot. They're roughly the same thing. Yeah, I don't know what you the got. Hell's visa. Going Did on. you hear the thing about uh, Amazon in the UK is not going to take um, Mastercard? No Visa. Really? Yeah, because of their high fees. Just the credit cards. You can still use debit and uh, Visa has high. Visa doesn't have American Express is the one with the notoriously high fees. On the, we should save it for the credit card stuff anyway. Okay. Yeah. But on the like Chase Sapphire and stuff, they've got pretty high. Huh. Oh, we got a little uh, thing pulled up here about understanding Google versus Google. There's a third type of share, Class B, that is true, which are held by founders and insiders that grant 10 votes per share. Class B shares cannot so be published. The Class A is their common stock. Yeah, class and the Class C, C meaning that these shares... Yeah, hold. but the cl- oh, they, class have no C, vo- they have no voting rights. Yeah, the Class A shares, G-O-O-G-L is the symbol, has um, typical one share, one vote structure. So and if then, you're Goog, you get no vote. Yeah, if you're Goog, which is the Class C, G-O-O-G, you got no voting rights, man. You got you can't vote for anything. But honestly, you're not going to have any say. Right. You, what, your two shares are going to... Excuse me, I don't think that we... <laughs> what are you going to be voting on? Do you see the article about um, like 89... Or, yeah. You spit it out, man. What? I'm fucking trying. <laughs> you're looking at me Did crazy. You see the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see the? <laughs> did you see the article about? Hang on, I gotta take a sip. Just give no, me. No, it's wh- it was it's crazy. Give it me one a- second. I'm asking for one second okay. to get it out. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at my watch again. Did I see the article? The top ten percent of stockholders, mm-hmm. like the richest top ten percent, own eighty nine percent of the stock of Google. No, of all the stocks. Oh, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. The rich get richer, man. No, yeah. It's just funny when it's like to think like, oh, damn, I won't be able to vote. Yeah. You're going to Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Voting really matters for you. JP Morgan's, God, they're just a beast. I love my Chase Sapphire card. Um, save it. Yeah, I'll save it. All right. <laughs> the, next, the next one, we want to look at the losers next. Uh, here are all the... These are the these are the stocks that were dumped the most. Number one is do do you international? Do you want to dump this stock? <laughs> it's a Chinese stock. The Chinese companies got hit hard this year because the China. Okay, so here's the thing, and I know that this is going to sound kind of messed up, but it's not. It's a, a fact. Chinese companies that list on American exchanges have notoriously had uh, a credibility issue where some of them just don't just willfully like don't file audited financials. You're saying Chinese people famously don't follow the rules. I did not say that. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) No, I said that there. So you'll, you'll find companies that have like a hundred million dollar market cap 
And then you look at their revenues and it's like $50 billion in revenues, no debt and like $200 billion in cash. And you're like, okay, clearly something is afoot here. Um, that it's, it's a fact. It happens. It's a fact. It, and so the Chinese government used to be cool with it. They were just like, yeah, we're, they turned the other cheek. But they recently were cracking down on all this and are really tightening the, uh, the requirements and whatnot for filing. And anyway, but do you is a this ticker I, symbol. What? <laughs> the ticker symbol is D-O-Y-U. And they are an entity. No, D-O-U-Y-U. D-O-U. No, D-O-Y-U. D-O-U-Y-U. No, oh, the, the ticker symbol. symbol. Jesus God. Christ. This oh, is like man. the fucking lore. My brain hurts. <laughs> So I believe they're an educational company. There's a lot of, there was a lot of controversy with Chinese education stocks because a lot of Chinese parents and just students, college students go to these uh, tutoring services to supplement their education and it's big business over there. And that's one of the big ones that they crack down on. And I, I believe that, do you? What? Is one, but it it dropped. It had a ninety seven point eighty two percent drop in um, portfolios holding it. Now only one point six five percent of portfolios out there hold it, and the stock took an absolute ass whooping from like uh, I don't know fifties down to just a buck or two. Next one is some health biotech company. That's why biotechs are dangerous because you never know. That one had an eighty eight percent drop. Doximity, I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, here's another one. This uh, GSX Tech Education uh, GoTo, G-O-T-U, was another one, another Chinese one. Next one, I owned this stock, and I'm pissed off because I made a bunch of money on it, and then I gave back a good chunk. It was called Mohawk Group, and they changed their name to Atarian, A-T-E-R, and uh, they had a big drop from 11.84% holder, holders to 223 Stock just got absolutely beat they're like an amazon aggregator they buy brands that sell well on amazon and then they like automate the entire supply chain and then just keep buying companies and it's it's weird but it's an interesting business model and they're not alone in it doesn't There's amazon a, kind of do that they do um but they can only do it to an extent because a lot of their a lot of their marketplace is reliant on third-party sellers and that's what atarian is and there's one called thrasio T H Yeah, but doesn't R Amazon just find what Yeah, but well they don't they they do, but it's a, to a much smaller Amazon extent basics. than you would think. Cuz it actually go it, it can hurt them if they keep doing that cuz third-party businesses like 80% or something of their sales. Like they yeah. it's not in their best interest to just eat everybody's lunch. I went to a restaurant the other day and I was so shocked. I picked up my knife and it just said Amazon Basics on it. Are I was like serious? this is wild. Ugh. That's depressing. I know. It's just weird. Jeffy B, man. Get out of my restaurants. Uh, you had another Eargo. I don't know what the hell Eargo is. But Ergo. The, the ticker symbol is ear. Fibrogen is one. I've, I'm familiar with that one. I don't know what they do, but... Uh, and then a couple other ones. Who cares? They're just... Who people cares? dumped them. Stocked the They're losers. Stay away from They're the losers. losers. The big losers. Good and morning, I will say this. I want to say this about losers. Say it. Go off. So many people buy stocks that are 
on their way down because people don't want to buy stocks that are going up because it feels weird to them because you're like, I'm already, I'd rather buy the cheap one. They're losing for a reason. They're dumping for a reason. Yeah, but then every time I tell you I'm going to buy this stock going up, you're like, you're buying the top, you're buying the top. Well, and you bought- goes up, 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 That's up. a different one. That's no. the Trump one you're talking about. Let and me yeah, get that, in with that, Donnie Boy. <laughs> with your $17 or something you were going to buy? You were going to buy like half a share. Yeah. I was and you would have made money. I was going to get in, get out, buy some other stuff. I got a plan. I got something to say about losers. Put it back in Pinterest. <laughs> Put it all in Pinterest. Here's the thing about losing stocks. They consume you. If you if you do not have a plan to dump your losers, you are going to end up stuck in a codependent, toxic relationship, which we've all been in. We've all had that boyfriend or girlfriend that we've that we should have broken up with a long time ago. And the same thing holds true with stocks, where they're like, "I'm going to change, I'm going to change," and you believe them, and then the stock starts to go up, and you're like, "Oh, I believe them," and then the rug gets pulled, and it makes a new low, and you're like, "Ah, oh, but you said that you were going to change," and they don't, and you lose more, and you they they just take from you, and they take and they take. I feel like you're working through something, and they don't they and maybe <laughs> they cheat on you, we with don't your brother, have to put through the list, the listeners through this. It honestly feels very like. Crypto. You ever like go on crypto Reddit and they're always just like, it's always just buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. It's too, And they've been right. Right. If you were talking about Ethereum and Bitcoin. And someone had a funny like, well, what happens if it goes down to like whatever? And they were like, just keep buying the dip. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, There's only no, 21 million Bitcoins. It works. A popular refrain I see is that, oh, if every single billionaire or every millionaire bought one Bitcoin, or it, maybe it is billionaire. Work it out. There's not enough for <laughs> there's not enough bitcoins out there for even just every millionaire to own just one. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's taking them so long. Set up a wallet and buy one of the damn things. If you like it so much, why don't you marry yeah. Michael Saylor? Get Come on room. the podcast. Tyler Winklevoss. Yeah, Tyler Winklevoss. And your weird brother. Yeah. Carrie? You think they kiss? I bet they kiss each other. What's his brother's name? Cam. Cameron. Cameron. I'm Cameron Winklevoss. Do you think Bitcoin's gonna Hit yes. 100k by the end of the year. I like think. I think Bitcoin. Look, we only got a, like six. A weeks. good way to a good thought exercise is: in five years, do you think it's going to be worth less or more than it is now? I'm ask. I asked you a question. No, but I'm asking you now. <laughs> Answer my question. Yes. You think whatever it'll hit 100k before end, the end of the year? year? No, I don't think uh, it's going to be 100k before the end of the year. Right. Remember that guy who died, John? Not Avicii, but John McAfee. Yeah, he died. And he well, they hit, say he killed himself, but he, before he died, he said, if I, if they say I killed myself, I didn't kill myself. No, no. Well, yeah, but a few years ago, he had predicted that Bitcoin that year would hit 100 grand, and if it didn't, he would eat his penis on live television. And it didn't happen, and of course, he was like, well, I, I didn't mean that. That guy's insane. He was totally insane. He had a great voice, though. Did you ever hear oh, him talk? Yeah. Yeah, that every man, year at the oh, um, he screwed up at the Libertarian National Convention. Oh yeah, the Libertarians. Oh, God bless you, Libertarians. Um, so we got some honorable mentions just to go back to the stocks. Roblox just hit all time highs, pissing me off. Sixty percent of in sixty one percent of institutions were buyers uh, in the third quarter. The top five buyers alone bought twenty two million shares. Jesus Christ, Jesus H. Honorable mentions, the Metaverse winners, also. Unity, which doubled since August. NVIDIA, AMD. These things just keep going up. 
So why don't you buy? Because I don't want it. You like winners. I like winners. We all like winners and we hate the losers. We curse the losers. The, these are the chads <clears> of, the, um, of the stock world. They're just yoked and going to the gym and stealing your girl. Rolling out on a foam roller with no shirt on. Yeah, with on. no shirt on, sweating all over the damn place, stinking up and the get, joint, getting if you will. Getting his friend in on it. It's annoying to me, though, because like, the metaverse is still so far out there, and I know that the the temptation is strong to buy a lot of these stocks now, but it remains to be seen, A, what the metaverse is going to even look like, B, who the actual winners are going to be, and C, how that's going to actually uh, affect their bottom line. So. I'm just happy to like, I'll wait and see how things shake out. I'm not going to chase it. Yeah, I saw um, people were talking about buying, you know how people are buying land in the metaverse? Yes, Decentraland. Yeah, yeah. And someone was just like, is it incredibly stupid for me to spend all this money on this like <laughs> virtual land? And this guy read this like <laughs> response and was just like, Basically wrote like how incredibly stupid it would be for him to not buy it. No, for him to buy it. Uh-huh. And then he was like, but because of how stupid it is, I would say it's probably going to rocket to the moon. You should buy it. That's the thing. Everything, everything that's the dumbest thing. The stupidest thing. Like remember Cum Rocket? Cum Rocket. Like, what's that? There was a cryptocurrency called Cum Rocket. And the, 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 the currency was called Cummies. <laughs> it rocketed. Of course. It, it just shot up. Yeah. People are bored, man. People need something to do, and they're just they're degenerate gambles. Uh, Airbnb was another one that uh, touched all time highs with like a hundred and twenty four billion dollar market cap and just under forty million shares bought in the third quarter. I I'm so mixed on Airbnb. I've only had lukewarm to bad experiences. With actual Airbnbs, actual or the Airbnbs, stock? yeah, I haven't touched the stock. You know the very. You want to hear the story? My well, very Airbnb first? used to be honestly. I used to like if you did it in the early days. It mm-hmm. was like very, at least it felt like it was like people who had like one rental and they would put it up there and they were super involved and like in the whole process. Yeah, and you would meet them and they would like let you into their house, and yeah. I was like, this is great. This that is was so nice. Yeah, and now. Pretty much like any Airbnb I've done in the past like couple years, like you don't even see the person. There's just like a weird lock. It's just this weird like it's a business. Empty, yeah. Yeah. It almost makes me want like a hotel. Hotels are better and in, in many cases now they're cheaper. My first experience with Airbnb was awful. It was in Brooklyn. I was going there for a, a week long trip. And I found this woman's, she was a brand new listing. She had like one review and it was five stars and it was like 60 bucks a night. And I thought, hot diggity. Okay, I'll take this. I meet her at night. We walk, we like met on the street and she walked me back to her place. She's like in her forties, nice lady. And this is like, I don't know, seven years ago now. But (laughs) we get to the place. She shows me the apartment. She says, all right, I, she had like, it was one of those apartments where it's broken up like one hall had a, you go up the stairs in the building and it's like, I had the one apartment and then outside was a, like a auxiliary room that she had, but I had the whole thing to myself. She leaves and I'm like, God, I got to pee. I got to pee so bad. So I go into the bathroom, I open up the toilet seat and in the toilet just by itself was a turd. <laughs> and it was striking to me. I was like, what's, off about this 
oh, there's no toilet paper in the toilet with the turd. It's just the, the poop by itself. So I'm thinking, okay, someone pooped, didn't wipe, and didn't flush, and just got up and left. Is it this woman? <laughs> like, Am I in a freak's house? So I just took it upon myself to pee under the poop, and then I flushed it. And <laughs> that's not... <laughs> that's the worst part? That's not no, the, the worst part... I then go into we'll the get bedroom. To it already. The bedroom had no windows, which yeah, is also sucks. very jarring. So I was scared to death because it's a it's a room without windows, and I I there was a lamp, and I just like put a t shirt over the lamp to give it just enough light for me to feel safe and secure. Yeah, it's pretty sad. But then the door, the bedroom door, had a little like cat door hole, just a hole in it, and I was mortified sleeping there because. Every time I'd hear the slightest thing, I would open my eyes and my, my vision would shoot straight to the hole in the bottom of the door. And I kept expecting to just see a little face in there. It was just an all-around bad experience. So I left the next day and I just didn't, uh, yeah, I just told her, I- I'm going to stay with a friend. Can I have a refund? And she said, no, you can't. And did not give me a refund. I didn't even bring up the turd. I should have said, lady, there was a piece of crap in that your That doesn't toilet. seem refundable. The turd? No, well, kind of none of it. It doesn't seem horrible. Yeah, she didn't disclose that there were no windows, and that's a big no-no. You have to disclose that. That's like a rule. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. You You can't say that, hey, we got a bedroom here and there's no effing windows? I don't know. Yeah, we got to move on. That's not legally a room. That's a room. Pissing me off. Let's look at the top funds, shall we? Let's start with Michael... We can't go through all these. No, but well, okay. I want to look at the first. Scion is, uh, do you know who Scion is? That's it's Michael, Michael Burry. Burry. That's Mr. Mr. Uh, Glass Eye. He, Don't call him that. Well, <laughs> that's what he's known for. <laughs> <laughs> he's not known for that. He lost, he lost like 35% or something on his Tesla short. He also lost on his ARC short. And he just holds a bunch of boring crap. Exactly. CVS. That's kind of the whole point. All these dudes. Lockheed Martin. G- oh, he owns prisons? No, Lockheed Martin is- uh, No, but Geo. He owns Geo Group. And CXW, I think is- Damn. What's he thinking? I think he's seeing the the, the way the world is going. And he's like, know. we're going to need more prisons, more bombs. He's a freak. But he had a bunch. He had 11% of his uh, portfolio in Google calls, which- very smart but anyway screw him all right well not screw him he's probably a very fine fine person um what else we got citadel everybody hates citadel and unsurprisingly a lot of their stuff is just options positions where i want to just focus on like right up uh yeah those three the top buys the top sells they dumped nvidia calls and puts so they probably had like spreads which is where you buy one at a certain strike price and sell one at another you don't care. Who cares? Um, Spy, they own a bunch of that crap. And Google, everybody owns the same stuff. It's all AMD, Tesla, Spy. Right. I think that was the looking through them. You kind of, these are like the top funds and you're like, oh man, these guys, these guys are really watching everything. They know the tea leaves, but they're just holding the most. It's so boring. It, it's just, it really is. It's Apple, it, it's CVS, it's Google, and if you Facebook, own- and you're just like, oh, yeah, Berkshire Hathaway is killing it. They own 6% of Apple. Yeah. And if you own, <laughs> yeah, $10 billion worth of something, a 2% bump in it gives you, how much is that? 10, 2% of 10 billion, so that, 200 like, million? How helpful can these be when, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Get in on fucking Apple and yeah. Amazon? 
Well, it still pays a dividend. Scroll up just a little, please. I want to see how much, how many assets under management does Citadel have? Two hundred and forty-four billion dollars under uh, under management from these schmucks, or is that trillion? No, that's billion. Who's next? Bailey Gifford. Bailey Gifford is they're like a really famous one that people follow. So like these are the top 10, not the top, some of these are the top 10, but some of them are just ones that I wanted to see. They got Dexcom, which is uh, a diabetes stock. Not a bad bet if you're betting on like the future of America. Uh, if, if, <laughs> Jesus, if diabetes, hey, a lot of people are diabetic. Yeah, I didn't realize how, I saw like a global map of- uh, Diabetes? No, obesity. Oh. We're so fat. Yeah, well, you know, we got we got a lot of crap out there. We yeah. got a lot of bad crap. It's crazy. Have you had a Big Mac? Yeah, I have. It's I haven't had one in a long time. Buddy, I'm craving. I'm fiending for one of them. Right Macs. now? Yeah, right now. It's nine when in the goddamn I, when morning. When am I not wanting a Big Mac? Uh, Bailey Gifford's cool. I think that they're interesting. They just, uh, they're not that, ag- I don't know if they're aggressive. I can't remember who's aggressive. Some of these people are very aggressive. They own a bunch of Moderna, though. Tesla, Illumina, I don't know what that, Mercado Libre is an interesting one that they own. That's like the Brazilian, South American Amazon. Not like the Amazon jungle, mm-hmm. which is in Brazil. Yeah, that's the Brazilian Amazon yeah. jungle. Yeah, that's the Brazil- That's the real Brazilian Amazon. For now. Mercado Libre is a, uh, that thing's at like 1700 bucks a share or something. And just a few years ago, it was like, you know, 20 bucks. What's I didn't know what the at? hell it was. What? What's Amazon at? Amazon's at uh as of now like thirty six fifty or something Damn. like that. Pisses me off. I had some call options in it this week and I didn't hold on long enough and I left like ten grand out there because I'm a stupid idiot. What's next? Tiger Global. Eh, who cares about him? What's Soros? Ooh, let's see what the puppet master's doing. George Soros. I wanted to pull this up because he's only managing five point four billion dollars. And I say only because relative that's a uh, but a but a pittance compared yeah, to yeah. But he's got other things to do. He's running um, democratic yeah, ops. He's uh, he's got to get everybody their bus tickets he's, to he's go to doing them. fake uh, school shootings and yeah. yeah. What what nefarious things does he own? Ooh, um, nuance communications. Ooh, he's got GM call options. Ooh, spooky. D H Horton. Ooh, spooky. He's got Liberty Broadband Corporation. That's to control the media. That's to control the media and tell them I'm a. I'm, he's old. Have you seen this guy's yeah, eyes? Yeah, he's not looking great. He's like you would uh, think with some of that money he would pay a cosmetic surgeon to fix his little eye testicle. No, there's go. something nice about being so rich that it's just like okay to be grotesque. Is that that that's nice? Yeah. Like the guy, like that rich cowboy guy who is at every like Laker game and basketball game. I don't know. You don't know who that is? There is a billionaire. This guy dresses like he's always got on a cowboy hat. He's a really, (laughs) he said, here's George Soros, the picture of him we just pulled up. He is such a ghoul. He's knocking on death's door. He's, (laughs) you can't look at that guy and tell me that he doesn't drink He's so old though. Oh, I know. I feel bad just, Dunking on an old dude. Of course he looks like that. Yeah, that's true. Look you got to see this other bloods. guy. Uh, can we Google like- um, Google young George Soros. Let's see Let's see what he's going on. Hot George, sexy George Soros. Busty George Soros. Google George Soros baddie. 
I am curious what he looks like. Oh, oh. he looks the same. <laughs> he looks that looks like it's about 1975, and he looks exactly the same. Do you know how George Soros really like uh, the big thing that he did that that really like put him out there? He shorted the British pound, I believe, and made like a billion. Oh yeah, a, a billion dollars in like a day. Him and one of the guys that we'll get to, who's my favorite trader personally, Stan Druckenmiller. I think Druckenmiller called him up. It was Druckenmiller's idea. And he said, hey, uh, I noticed something about this British pound, man. It's, it's not looking too good. I think it's about to tank. And uh, he said, I think I'm going to do X number of dollars. And George Soros said, why would you stop there? Let's max this thing out. Let's do like, you know, triple that thing, baby. And Stan Druckenmiller said, well, okay. And then they did. And now they control the global elite or whatever. Now look at him. Can we see the cowboy? You got. I got to show Emil this cowboy. He's a bit. Just Google. Let's move on to other stuff. What, what, you don't want to see the cowboy? cowboy? Gonna be worth it? He wears like. Him. He wears like. If uh, it's just a guy in a cowboy hat. No, 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 no. Upset. He wears like bejeweled cowboy hats uh, and really high like pants. He's got. He's got long legs and long gray hair, and he looks like. You know who he looks like? Who's the other dead guy? Um. Running down a dream. Tom Petty? He looks like Tom Petty. But uh, if Tom Petty were a, a ghost. <laughs> let's go. Let's move on. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> you can show me after. I'll show you after. He's really he's really something. He's always hanging out with models. We got audio listeners. They don't want to they don't want to spend 5 minutes of you. I wish you could see it. I wish you guys could see <laughs> and this. And then there's cowboy. just no payoff for yeah. them. I go, "Oh, well, yeah, he there he is. There's a like photo Tom of Petty with a bejeweled hat." Yeah. Can, what are the other funds that we've got? Just I want to see the list. Oh, du- Duquesne. Here's here's Druckenmiller. Uh, so Stan Druckenmiller is now pretty much retired and he just runs this family office. I don't know if it's just his money or I don't know, but um, I, I I like his style because he's he keeps it really simple. And he of course bought a ton of Google, something called Coupang Inc. I think that's like an Amazon competitor in Southeast Asia. I want to say Expedia, Amazon, and Booking dot com, which owns Priceline. He dumped GE, dumped Cummins, dumped Netflix, dumped Affirm Holdings, dumped some Microsoft. And I think Coupon, he really loaded the hell up on that thing. And he owns 14% of his portfolio of his, how big is his portfolio? Uh, $3.07 billion portfolio was in this thing. So he believes in it, but the stock hadn't been doing too good. Old Stan. This is your favorite guy. Yeah, I like him. Because he started from nothing. He he worked in an, uh, he, he started in some investment firm's office like you crying in a fucking bathroom about yeah. you losing your brother's money yeah he was crying in a bathroom and they said hey kid <laughs> you got something with these <laughs> with these tears <laughs> same thing that happened to you someone walked same in thing that said, happened to me buck up you could be the next stan druckenmiller plus he's he said, got a cool name druckenmiller yeah, it's reminds right. me of fuddruckers neither of those are that cool i mean i don't think fuddruckers is cool but it's just that it makes me want to eat, I don't know, fudge or something. Druckenmiller. Don't, aren't you hungry for fudge now? No, man. You're always hungry. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm a grown I'm not, boy. I ate right before. I'm huge. The, Have you seen me? You are huge. Yeah. For the Baker, audio only, he's a gigantic man. Baker Brothers, these guys are famous. They're a biotech uh, investment firm, so you can see all the stuff that they've got. I mean, if you're going to follow any kind of biotech 
it's all a crapshoot because you you never I've seen so many biotech stocks open they're just suddenly down eighty percent in a day ninety percent and just especially if it's so convoluted these things they're all on patents and like um uh, uh what do you call those trials from the FDA that you just never know. Leave it to the experts. But if you are so inclined, you know, check out some of the things that some. You got to check out hold. the Baker Bros. They own. I don't even know what the hell these things are. Legend Biotech, Invitae. I know they do um, diagnostics, DNA diagnostic stuff. What else we got? I think that might be it. BlackRock. Yeah, who cares? Screw them. Berkshire Hathaway. Let's get into the real. What everybody really cares about is Papa. Bernie? No, what's his name? Bern- Warren? Warren. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got him confused with Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Madoff? No, Bernie Sanders. Could not be more opposite. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway is managing $293 billion, and they own just all the all the things that every company you've ever heard of, they got a little bit of. Right. Uh, he owns a ton. 6% of Apple, I think. 42% of their portfolio is in Apple. Yeah. And you probably, you know why? Because it pays a dividend and he loves dividends. The whole thing with him is freaking dividends. Bank of America. American Express. Express. Coca Cola. This dude is so boring. Dude, he loves Coca Cola. Kraft Heinz. Yeah. Oh, I love ketchup. Man just subsides on ketchup and Coca Cola. He bought Coca Cola in like the 60s or the 70s when it was a buck a share, however much, and just kept buying it. And it pays a dividend. And guess what? He reinvests the dividend. So that the shares keep rising and he just makes more money off the dividends. Coca-Cola must pay this guy, I don't know, it's publicly publicly available information, billions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, and just in dividends off that sweet, sweet sugar water. Good for him. Good for him. He, You know, he drinks a cherry Coke every day. Damn, that must be the key to staying so... Yeah. He's one of those annoying billionaires. A disgusting... (laughs) Old man. Yeah, he goes to McDonald's. He drives himself to McDonald's. Why is he an annoying billionaire? Because he goes to McDonald's and pays an exact change with cash. Jesus. At McDonald's. Oh, I'll have a sausage McMuffin, and then he pays. It's two seventy five. God, just, he's cool, he's fine, whatever, but don't do that. Do you know how annoying that is? Let him have a little fun. Is that fun, paying an exact change? I mean, when sausage, you're telling me an annoying billionaire, I'm thinking of like Elon Musk. That's yeah. an annoying billionaire. You know how much- As far one, as a guy just using exact change at McDonald's, I say, it's hey, obnoxious. go absolutely To off. me, that's like rubbing your nose in his, in his big wet turd. Look how rich I am. I can pay for exact change. But that doesn't- I don't know how that tracks. Yeah, that's yeah. not tracking, bud. <laughs> I read a thing that Warren Buffett guided- Bill Gates years ago because they're like best friends. That's how he got Bill Gates so rich? Well, no. He advised Bill Gates to diversify his holdings because the majority of what he owned is Microsoft shares. And if Bill Gates had not listened to him and just held on to his Microsoft shares, he'd be worth like $900 billion now or something like that. Something insane. Instead of a a meager 120 or 150, whatever he's at now. That's the thing with these guys. I'm I'm looking at it. It's like this guy's just got the most basic stock portfolio it works maybe he doesn't know shit you know how much one share of Berkshire Hathaway goes for yeah how much it's like 400 grand 400,000 430,000 per share and that's because he's never done a split 
Explain what a split is. A split is when you got, let's say you got one pizza and there's no slices in it and the pizza's worth, I don't know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. The whole pizza's 100 bucks. Well, I'm going to do a 10 for one split. So instead of just one big pizza, I'm going to slice up 10 slices and now each one- Each is slice is worth $10. $10, yeah. So the overall value of the pie doesn't change, but each slice. So if, if I then do like a two for one. But let's say that pizza value keeps going up and up and up and no one can afford a slice anymore. Yeah, that's what happens with now Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Look at that damn thing. Market cap is $631 billion. $425,386. I think in the 70s they were going for like 25 bucks or something, 60s or 70s. So if you'd bought with him, and that's his whole thing is he doesn't want, he only wants people who are sticking around for the long haul. And that's why he didn't do any splits. But they did introduce, so this is Berkshire Hathaway Class A shares. They introduced Class B shares, I think in the early 90s, so that average people could afford to participate yeah, in this. but you don't get to vote probably. I don't know anything about the voting rights, yeah. but it's, you know, a couple hundred bucks and those do split and have split before. So those are ones that the average lad can participate in. Um, Amazon is another one. So, well, real fast, I just want to say companies do splits to make their stock more appealing because right. if it gets too expensive, they do a forward split. It's not easy for a retail investor to just drop yeah, to buy a bunch on one share six hundred dollar yeah right they can also do what's called a reverse split where if your stock gets too low it can become equally unappealing to people because it's too cheap right so they do a reverse split where instead of 10 slices you cut it down to five and each slice is now worth more it's the opposite thing um and typically if you're in a stock that's about to do a reverse split more often than not, the stock just keeps going down after that, just because it, it speaks to how weak. If you get reverse split, get the fuck out. Yeah. Ditch that toxic relationship. That's it's a not coming trillionaire back. mindset lesson. Yeah. It, it works sometimes, though. Sometimes, can't wait till we sometimes get, they come back. Can't wait till we get tweets being like, I did, and it fucking rocketed, dude. <laughs> I freaking did after come rocket. It's, it's back up. There was one that I was in a while ago called uh, Lithium Americas Corp, LAC. They did a reverse split, and now it's doing fine. But Okay, so take that back. Don't take that advice. Don't take any advice. Amazon doesn't do a split. Everybody wants them to do a split, but they won't. And that's partly because Jeff Bezos had the same philosophy as Warren Buffett. Why am I going to... They've never done a split? I think they have, but it's been a long time. And now it's like, yeah, 30, 36, 3,700 shares. Closing in on 3,700 uh, per share. I'm sure it's up there right now as I speak. 3,665. Ah. Oh, having a little poll. How are we? Founder Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Kisses. So funny that his last name means kisses in Spanish. Does it? Yes, Bezos. Yeah, Bezos. but it's spelled differently. Yeah, but it's close enough. You're just like throwing shit out today. Like. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so what of it? It's time for a crypto corner. Jeffrey Kisses doesn't own an NFT. Maybe he does for all we know. 13, I'm spitting a lot over here too. You can't see it, but I'm just seeing it fly off of my dumb little- Is it, if, is it okay if before we do this, if I pee, I'm dying over here. Yeah, go pee. I'm so there he goes. You know what? I'm going to keep talking. We don't, we don't need to edit this out. Sometimes this is part of the action. This is part of what makes a podcast great. 
is uh, the real life stuff. Emil's in there, urine flowing from his bladder through his urethra into the toilet, splashing hitherto and therefore. He's probably not going to wash his hands because he doesn't have time. His penis is clean. Staples Center changed their name to Crypto.com Center. It's funny because you know that's the people we were talking about last week with Matt Damon, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you- I went and checked out the website. So apparently, as you can guess, it's it's a website where you can buy and sell crypto. Cool. They paid like four hundred million dollars, seven hundred. Yeah, but I think something. they're like just making a huge push to be the yeah crypto. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. They're spending huge. Spending huge. They got the Matt Damon commercial. They got Staples Center. Will probably be. They also have their own coin. They do, CRO. yes. Yeah. Someone uh, DM'd me and asked if they should sell their crypto.com coin, and I said, I don't know. They also have a- um, Hold on to it. Why not? Who cares? They also have a enticing credit card. Oh, I saw that. That earns like, but it, like 13%, up to 13% yeah, cash so back. You got to look at them because it's <laughs> the like low one, I think you need like 200 bucks in or something. And there's like five different tiers. If you want the cool black one with all of the stuff, I think you have to have like 400 grand. Wow. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So, oh yeah. You got to stake $400,000 oh, yeah, to earn 8%. But you get a lot of shit. Look at this. You get fucking Spotify, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Ooh, you get sp- you get $15 a month covered. Ooh. All right. No need to be a jerk. <laughs> Honestly, we're talking perks. <laughs> Oh, you get a private jet partnership, whatever yeah, that means. Yeah, okay, now he's excited. I've always wanted to partner with a no, private so jet. No, but Crypto.com, making a huge push. Making Going, a big push. Also, Crypto.com Arena is such trash. You should have just said Crypto Arena or something. I don't know. Crypto.com yeah. Arena? Well, I don't know. You got to know it's them. Otherwise, it's just... I think everybody's going to know. Yeah, and they're saying they're going to integrate crypto into the stadium, I Oh, think. they're probably going to have... Oh, they have to. It'd be really <laughs> know, funny if they were... Like, <laughs> no, cash only. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine... They're going to have tickers, I'm sure, like a, a live ticker tape of the top 10 cryptos just constantly streaming during games. And, and just, have you ever gone to buy a beer at a fucking event? Sure. You wait in line. You wait in now line. Now you got people using all different types of crypto. Oh, yeah. Well, all we have to do is wait 10 minutes for this transaction to be verified by 35 different blockchains. Yeah. I mean, Listen, it happens also, with cards sometimes. You ever have the guy who's like, I can take cash, people? Yeah. I'm I'm one of those guys who's ready. I will say this, just for all the crypto guys and, and gals out there, crypto bros. Listen, we're not hating on crypto. It's fine. We I get it, okay? I'm just. It's fun to... We, we poop on everything here, all right? No, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I just yeah, who knows? This current iteration. There of- is a, a valid, a, a thing I saw uh, that's a valid concern out there is that if the SEC decides to treat them as securities, and a security is a stock, for for lack of a better word, and because for all intents and purposes, cryptos are securities. And if they were to start regulating them as such... Right, right now they're super unregulated. Yeah, they would be required to post quarterly earnings and balance sheets and all that stuff. And there could be... I mean, the the my guess is that a lot of these crypto companies... and Not companies, I don't know what the hell you'd call them. Projects would have a real hard time showing exactly what they're doing with all the cash that they've raised, if they still have any of it, how much debt they've got, like... Nobody has any idea. You just kind of take them at their word. Also, I might not know. I don't know. I'm sure that someone's going to be like, you're a 
idiot. You're so stupid and ugly. And Ethereum is Ethereum is everything. Guys, the uh, the crypto bros are getting to Ben clearly. They're, they're out there. Speaking of crypto, we're lukewarm on crypto. I'm I'm neutral to. I'm curious bullish. to see what's going to happen with it, other than just this like huge speculation. Yeah, it's thing. Have you ever seen the creator of of Ethereum? No. We have to. Well, sh- I've seen him. I think he is. You. He looks like a video game. Um, how do I phrase this? Be he nice. looks like if you were in a video game and you came across like a mission where you had to talk to a nerd, and this is like. <laughs> Welcome to my Vitalik Buterin. His name is Vitalik Buterin, and this is a video from 2014 of him explaining. I just want you to hear a little bit of what he sounds like explaining what Ethereum is. In communication, we have the ability to create technologies that are decentralized, removing middlemen and allowing users to interact with each other directly through a global network. Decentralized applications have been... Be- <laughs> okay, so. okay. Decentralized applications. This are- is the problem with all these things. Like, it's funny when with with like all the billionaires being tech guys now like these poor they're all you know not the most socially adept people yeah. and i feel so like did you see iceland like basically uh dunked on mark zuckerberg the video no oh they, it's great you should look it up they did this basically come to iceland thing they basically made fun of the metaverse like because you know mark zuckerberg is like going around being like you know, you can do this on the metaverse and it's like, look at nature or something. And yeah. Iceland was basically like, had someone who looks kind of like Mark Zuckerberg do his weird intonations and like cadence, but uh, advertising for the real thing. Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all these guys, even Elon Musk, he's not a very like, there's no charisma. It's this like, yeah, well you gotta be a stilted, certain, you gotta be a certain type of freak. Yeah. To be able to, and what's funny is even in watching, we're not going to play the whole thing because why would we? It's three three more minutes of this. But he goes on to explain what it is. And I'm listening to this thinking, okay, I'm, I'm a smart person. I'm capable of understanding what he's talking about. But then he just says like, these are smart contracts that enable people to have contracts. And it's like, what kind of contract? An option contract? An actual like, hey, I'm going to buy this house from you. And it's like, why does that need to be on the blockchain? Will someone please explain to me why that needs to exist on the blockchain? We've gotten we've gotten through everything just fine until then, and up till now, I can go buy a house and have it be notarized and a lawyer. Well, goes actually, over. that's not that. I disagree. Shut up. No, like part of the a huge problem with the financial crash of two thousand eight, with the um, bankruptcies and foreclosures and everything. Yeah. The tracking of mortgages was an absolute fucking mess. You should Make read. You look like an idiot. Well, no. Well, that's. I'm sorry, but like, feel like there is a lot of idiot. good tech here, and sure, you should. Wow, look at you. Well, there's a great book called Chain of Title by David Dayan, and he goes through. Basically, it's like these three people figured out that. Uh, Christ, I haven't read it in so, but it's Oops. like. Basically, these mortgages were traded between so many different people. People would get a mortgage with Chase, get a mortgage with uh, Bank of America, get a mortgage with yeah. who? And then all of a sudden, they're getting foreclosed on by some like companies they'd never even heard of. And then the mortgages got pawned off to a third party or something. So many times and resold. They were, oh, it yeah. w- dude. It's this insane mess. There's no way to track it. And even the only courts were still throwing out the cases but they were getting a little jammed up because people started wising up and going you guys got to find my deed like 
these people, I never had any dealings with these people. Sure. And all of a sudden, you guys are saying they're foreclosing on my house. Ethereum solves this. And so it was a complete mess. No, but there is a uh, I, yeah, there I is a utility to I having a, 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 a public and accessible permanent record totally. of your deed and mortgage. And then the other thing that Ethereum apparently does that he explains that I kind of get is it it's things can be built on it, like things that are... It's almost, I guess, akin to it being its own programming language or something, where you can build applications and whatnot on there. Um, what is this old Letterman clip? Oh well, that's just you know when we talk about uh, we talk about crypto and stuff. It's like we don't know exactly where it's going, and we we're gonna th- we wanted to talk about NFTs a little bit, but we could play it. It's basically a lot of people. It sums up like. All of this new tech and oh. stuff feels fucking silly in the beginning, right? And so this is Bill Gates talking about the internet on Letterman. It's only on Letterman from like 1995, I think. It's yeah. like, so you this could just play it. It's like 40 seconds. This. A couple of months ago, there was like a big breakthrough announcement <laughs> that on the internet or on some computer deal, they were going to broadcast a, a baseball game. You could listen to a baseball game on your computer. And I just thought to myself, does radio ring a bell? It's <laughs> <laughs> so true, you know, Dave. Just... But honestly, in 1995, it yeah. probably seemed fucking so stupid to listen to. And look at how patient is... Bill Gates is. It probably seemed so stupid to listen to a baseball game on your computer in 1995. Yeah. Well, and then here, keep keep playing. Uh, but you can you can listen to the baseball game whenever you want. All right. Too. Oh, I see. So it's stored in one of your memory deals. Exactly. And then you can That's back the RAM thing later. you talked yeah, about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Do tape recorders ring a bell? <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Oh, man. But that's the thing. Like, no one can really see what's coming. There's sure. a lot of good tech here. I mean, we wanted to talk about NFTs a little bit. Yeah. Uh, can you explain to me what an NFT is? Yeah. I think people try to, like, just over... Like, because it is complicated when you start getting into the tech and everything. But yeah. it's... It exhausts. It, you can, but you could simplify it. It's like so. I mean, you have to understand what the blockchain is, which is just a decentralized peer-to-peer network that's basically a database. Yeah, and it uh, it's public, and anyone can access it. It's permanent. It keeps record of every transaction that ever happened on that blockchain. It's obviously way more complicated than that. But all you need to know is it's this database. Okay, it's a way of keeping records, and then. NFTs, I think they started with Ethereum. Um, on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah. And they, uh, it stands for, you know what it stands non-fungible for? Non fungible token. token. Um, honestly, the best way to understand it, do you, do you know what fungible means? Yeah, it's, you can touch it. This this cup of water is so no, that's fungible. Tangible. Oops. Okay. No, I don't know what fungible means. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Okay, so fungible, it just means you can... Look, I have two pennies right here. These are fungible because if I gave you one of these pennies give me. and you owed me a penny, you'd uh-huh. give me a different penny back, right? Because yeah. they're fungible. They're exchangeable. Oh, yeah, they're exchangeable. Right? Sure. It doesn't matter if you give me back the same penny. Yeah. Non-fungible just means, means the exact opposite. Right. Yeah, you, can't, you can't exchange it for something. Right. And so... Good explanation. Thanks. So, um, and it's a way to commoditize anything. Kind of, but so the so the non-fungible token is this unique... ownership right basically Mm -hmm. that will get recorded on the blockchain and it will show that you own it and 
you know, it's always available, the record of who owns it. Um, and, you know, they are, NFTs are getting a lot of, they've become kind of like a punchline, right? Yeah, like because people, joke. much like David Letterman, people will say, oh, I'm just going to right click and save it. And it's right. like, yeah, but they. But it is a little silly right now, right? Yes. Like to, it wouldn't be so silly. They're very, exp- like a lot of them can be very expensive. Yeah, that's what annoys me. But is- honestly, there I think there is some like exciting uh, aspects of it. Like the the ability to build in royalties. Like so when an sure. artist makes one. Oh, you mean like a dividend? Yeah, but this is- No, a- I know. I'm being David Letterman in this case. Oh, right, I'm right, being right. A, I'm being right. an idiot. But like- yeah, there's royalties involved because like Gary Vee did one where he. But now you can, it can be, it can be forever, right? Yeah. Like, you ever buy used books? I buy a lot of used books. Sure. When I buy a used book on like thrift books or whatever, mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut doesn't see any of that money or his uh, publishing his estate, sure. right? They don't even know it got sold. But now you can put on that non fungible token forever. It'll recognize who's who the artist is, and they can get they can get a little portion of the proceeds every time yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool one thing about nfts that i think is annoying on both sides both the haters and the people who are the maximalists is that we're still in such early stages that yeah there is obviously a lot of excess out there and i think a lot of the these things getting bid to high heaven is a product of wash sales meaning people like out there with multiple wallets just trading with themselves to create the illusion of high prices when and demand when there really isn't. It's all artificial. And I think, frankly, a lot of boredom. A lot of people are just like addicts, and this is a form of gambling for them, and they just enjoy the thrill of buying a new thing. It's it's They're just collectors. They're yeah, collectors. I think there's a little there's bit of... wrong with that? But then the haters, too, are being ridiculous and reductive to just say, oh, it's just a, a picture. I'm going to right-click save. I own it. No, you don't. Right. To say it's just a picture is wrong, but yeah, it's there stu- is like... You know, we were talking briefly about the NFT dot New York NYC, the like the board ape. Well, it's not just board ape. I think it's all. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all like yeah. NFT people. But yes, the board ape yacht club was like a big. It was a big NFT party. Yeah, people might have seen stuff online. There was in New York like five thousand or more NFT bros descended on New York and had weird little parties but i mean it's gotten crazy these guys so yeah the board ape yacht club is basically a club that you have to buy one of the nfts of these weird apes to be in it and then you get to go to these parties and stuff but they had like i wouldn't want to go to one of those parties well okay so being insufferable yeah but on paper like there was like aziz anzari chris rock the strokes played like it was crazy but then i looked at some of the pictures and stuff and it's just like kind of a bunch of weird dudes milling around yeah of course (laughs) there's not Looking at their phone? Like, so you hear exclusive party and you're like, damn, that sounds sick. But then it's just kind of like a bunch of dudes being awkward around each other. It's like the first time you hear someone say memes in real life. Like, oh, that moment when, when right. you, that feel, what, like it doesn't, some things just don't translate to real life. But then there NFTs was, uh, sort of. we want to talk about Gary Vee a little bit with his. Uh, yeah, we'll touch on that. He created a series of NFTs wherein he receives a royalty on which he, like, so f- thereafter, after he said, he, he hand drew these things. Yeah. But so this one, this one is one that feels a little off. So he has, he already had V friends, which was, I guess, almost his kind of board ape yacht club oh where it's God. like Gary V fans, which already, what is that? Yeah. Uh, it's just the guy who enjoys 
Gary V um, <laughs> can be a part of his. Sorry to anyone who is who a Gary V fan. I don't. Uh, v head. But it's like, yeah, you could be in on V friends. It's his little club. Yeah. And he felt bad for people who couldn't get. This is his story. He said he felt bad for people who couldn't get in on the V friends. So he created an opportunity with his new book coming out. If you bought a dozen copies of his book, like 12 and a half ways to be a fucking idiot, you get to, (laughs) 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 no, I don't know what the book's, it's 12 and a half, it's 12 and a half somethings. And, uh, so if you bought 12 of his NFTs, his books, oh no, 12 of his books. Yeah. You get an NFT that he hand drew. Yeah. Yeah. And And then they digitized fucking dummy on this. Of course they did. One guy bought $25,000 worth of books. Probably, probably made ten. I know he's his... probably gonna, yeah, yeah. But I think we have a video of him making one of the um, NFTs. So I mean, this is, uh, oh yeah, here you have honorable ohm. Honorable ohm is the one that we're looking at. Uh, this token is collectible. It lives on the Ethereum blockchain. It's literally just a a crappy doodle that he does. <laughs> yeah, and, so I mean, that's is the a video thing. of him. He's, he's got really... a sharpie and just like white printer paper, and he's just drawing this little snake thing. It looks like something that a child drew, and, it does look and then he he titles it something. He, also, here he is. is. Gary V just like super kind of like twee. I don't know what his deal is. He said like he likes to draw things with like, because they all have these adjectives of like it'll be like. And it sold. This one sold for forty four grand. Honest elephant or something. And he's like, it's just like I like to sell things that people can aspire to. <sighs> There's so much to unpack with Gary V. He's yeah. probably got a lot of trauma. So, 20, it's, yeah, the current price for the Honorable Ohm is 21 grand. 121 grand? 121 grand. Yeah. Good for good for It's uh so it's it's I do feel caught in the middle because I'm I can see how this tech would it's mania. This would, is a form of mania. Would have uh like awesome benefits and could be used in really cool ways. But then you see this stuff and it's like, Oh, you guys are talking about beanie babies. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. Right. Yeah. It's basically beanie babies. So Emil, before we wrap up, I wanted to bring up the options thing that I mentioned earlier, how they're just totally out of control. Right. And they are the, and this is in reference to us talking about, you know, why we won't have a correction. I mean, I'm not saying that we won't like, Morgan, no, no, I'm just for the list. That, yeah, that yeah. was a while ago. So there's this thing from zerohedge.com, And if you're a new, if you're a newbie out here, don't get too suckered into the zero hedge because this guy's a maniac perma bear who thinks that t- like you, you, you look at this guy's website and you would swear that society is going to face imminent collapse. And he's been doing this for like 15 years, but uh, this yeah he he goes by the pen name Tyler Durden that tells you everything you need to know. Um, as of so so there was nine hundred and four billion dollars in total option notional volumes. That means that nine hundred and four notional means how much it actually controls. So if you have one option contract that costs a hundred bucks, that's how much the contract costs. But the amount that it technically controls is what's the notional volume, right? Okay. Because each option contract controls 100 shares, so you're technically in control of significantly more money. Um, and as of Friday, November 5th, there was $904 billion in total option notional volume, which is a record. Um, and 
what is this? The single stock optional notional volume now exceeds single stock shares notional. So the derivatives of the actual thing is worth more than the thing itself. The the options are worth more than the stocks that they control, which is just absolutely bananas. Right. So, all these contracts out there are worth yeah, more. And they're all like just super the- short term contracts that expire within just a few days. It's just it's gambling like the market has never seen before. So if we scroll down just a little bit on this, there's a few highlights. Do and have, and oh, what? Never mind. Do we have what? No, I was curious because you were talking about how how little an impact that stuff had, you know, decades ago. I was curious because we have a bit of a short term, mm. but um, I would be curious to see. So on Monday, October 25th, $657 billion in notional volume trade on Tesla alone. That's how much... Six hundred and fifty-seven billion. That's so insane. That's so much effing money just in options contracts and how much they control. Uh, and then the next, it's just it was just a week of records. Uh, Tuesday, the twenty-sixth of October, was the single stock option notional trade, the largest um, on a Tuesday. Then on a Wednesday, uh, let's see what the biggest one though was on. Yeah, on Thursday, November fourth. This Goldman Sachs derivatives guy, this guy named Rocky Fishman, cool name, Rocky Fishman. That's cool. Did an Drop, in, he did an in-depth in? analysis on the recent record option volumes in the form of a Q&A, which assesses the impact of these growing volumes, which culminated with a record 2.6 trillion notional volume in options traded on November 5th. That in, that's, that's indexes and stocks combined. And it's just, it's absolutely insane. Um, so there was just a quick, he makes the following findings. If we scroll down just a little bit, I wanted to, yeah, just just basically this, the summary here is that a lot of this is short-term options trading. The majority is being done by retail small investors like you or me. It's just, it's insane. I, I, what does it mean? Who knows? It just means that there's a lot, a way, like, exponentially more people oh, yeah. both in the market and playing options than think, ever before. I think in the last uh, year or two years or something like that, it's like there have been tel- 10 million people who have joined like Robinhood and yeah. and online uh, trading apps. And Michael Burry and people like him think that that's indicative of a top in the market because the like, but that's just them being guardians, I think. Being like, no, you can't. It's only the professionals that can do this, and you're wrong. And it's like, well, now more than ever, there's information available for people to make informed decisions. They're still gambling, but they still know more and have access to more than ever before. So why can't they do it? Like, we don't right. need you, Michael Burry. You've been wrong so many times, you big dork. Yeah, but he was right once. He was right one big time and multiple times since then. Anyway, I just wanted to share that real fast because I thought it was fascinating. Um, be careful out there folks leave a comment please subscribe if you haven't if you've made it this far smash that like button kill your parents get on all socials trillionaire pod i am gonna have to do a dance i'm a man of my word yeah because we're about to hit a thousand followers on tiktok and you're gonna do a dance follow us on stuff yeah follow us individually if you so choose uh, we love you very much. We appreciate you. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for everything. And share this video with 10 of your closest family members. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ten of your closest.